content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should consider obtaining independent advice before making any financial decisions. Hi, this is Barry Fitzgerald, Garen Power Economist at Stockhead. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers Podcast. Today we're going to do something a little different. Instead of covering off on a pure explorer, we're actually going to catch up with a company that already has two cash flow producing assets, as well as an advanced development project plus exploration interests to boot. I'm talking about Mineral Commodities, which trades under the symbol MRC or Mike Romeo Charlie. It last traded at 24 cents for a market cap of about $110 million. The company's investors relations and corporate development executive, Peter Fox, is here to fill us in on the company's producing assets, its development plans, and what to look out for in the months ahead. So we'll be talking about the company's long-standing Tormin Mineral Sands project in South Africa's Western Cape province, the recently acquired Scarland graphite operation in Norway, and the Munglin Up, I should say that quickly, I guess, Munglin Up graphite development opportunity in Western Australia's southeast. It's an interesting mix with action aplenty across the portfolio. The graphite interests represent a strategic diversification move into the battery mineral space, uh, which comes with a lot of upstream value-add opportunities. And they obviously represent jurisdictional diversification. So we've clearly got a lot to talk about. So with that, I'll jump straight into it and say good day, Peter, and welcome to the show. Hi, Barry, great to be here. Okay, Peter, uh, I mentioned that uh, the three key interests of the company across mineral sands and graphite. Let's pick them off one by one. Tormin in South Africa, a project with a seven-year Ilmerite zircon garnet production history. Could you give us a rundown on the project, how it's gone during COVID and what plans there are to grow the business? Yeah, absolutely. So Tormin is, uh, I guess, the, the founding project for the company. It's a, the company's um, cornerstone asset and it's where we've produced all of our cash uh, in the past. So Tormund lies on the west coast of South Africa. Um, it's a really interesting um, style of, of uh, well, style of mineralisation in that it's a place of beach deposit. So what we have is an active deposition profile where the minerals are being washed up onto a beach and then we're, we're systematically going through and mining from that beach. So when we first started mining out at Tormund, we only had a resource of about 2.7 million tonnes but it was a staggering 49% total heavy right. mineral, which is like one of the most highest grade projects that you're ever going to find anywhere mm. on the planet. Now, we've, we've gone through and mined that one uh, area that we've got under licence um, systematically now for the last uh, six years. And although we've only ever had a stated resource of 2.7 million tonnes, or between so 2.2 and 2.7 million tonnes, we've mined nearly 12 million tonnes from that um, from that project. And that's all a function of this place of deposit um, nature of the mineralisation where, where we go through and mine and then essentially like it's like a, a not dissimilar to, to building a sandcastle on the beach. Uh, you, you, the mineralisation or the, weight, the tidal action and the wave action comes back up, it refurbishes the beach and then it remineralises the beach and we come through and mine it in the following year and the preceding years and, and continue to, to extract the mineral from the beach. And then we put the, 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 um, the tail straight back out onto the beach as well. So of that 12 million tonnes, um, what we have seen is, is the grade sort of deplete. 
but we've seen a, a certainly a, a huge overcall in when, when we're talking about the mineralisation and in grade and in tonnage. So that that I guess has has underpinned the um, the production at Tormund. But very excitingly, we've just now had a new beach come into permit, and we've now doubled the size of our profile of of place of beach access. And with that same permitting, we've also now um, are able to access the inland strands, which which lie directly behind these this same these same beaches. So that that's I guess the the, the really exciting news that we've had in the company. Um, that that's uh, that's underpins a, a very long um, a, well and a growth strategy that we've got at Tormund, and that'll see us um, uh, bedding down and mining and conducting mining operations at Tormund for. For many, many, many years to come. Right. So Mother Nature's been working on your behalf there over the years, replenishing <laughs> entirely. Uh, amazing entirely. amazing entirely. stuff. Now, with the uh, the addition of the uh, strandline uh, deposits, uh, I guess it's going to be a bit easier to to plan plan ahead, essentially. A hundred percent. So, the, the I guess the challenge. Uh, I come out of a financing background, so. You know, when, when someone comes to you and says that, you know, you and looks at the project and sees that you're mining nearly your whole mineral resource in a year, it, it becomes challenging to try and invest in the project to expand it. Um, now, with the, with the inland strand and with the inclusion of the inland strands into our mining tenure, uh, what that means now is that we can essentially book conventional resources and we're in the process of doing that right now. Uh, the moment we got these permits granted to us um, from a prospecting perspective back in January, we immediately commissioned a drilling program. Um, and from that drilling program, we've yielded a, a jaw compliant resource for our northern beaches. And we're very soon to release our, um, our jaw compliant resource on the inland strand. Now, with that resource, now we've got, I guess, a conventional sort of jaw compliant resource where we can, we can run all of your normal conventional study work. We can develop a, a long life of mine and we can also now invest in, ex, in expansion and we can go and, and I guess traditionally uh, well, we can access the, the capital that, that you would ordinarily be able to access with the, that's, but now importantly for us, it's underwritten by this joint compliant resources. Mm, okay. Uh, just as a matter of interest, are the strand line deposits uh, grade-wise, do they match what uh, is washing up onto the beach essentially or...? Look, we I can't talk about the the the, um, uh, the inland strand because obviously that that's something that we've got that that's uh, that we're still working on. But look, what I can do is talk to the drilling results that we've recently released, and and some of those drilling results are again we're hitting these eye watering high grades. We're getting as high as 70, 65 and seventy percent total total heavy mineral. And when we're looking at the mineral assemblage of those drilling results, they're very 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 um, uh, alike or, or almost um, identical to the mineral assemblage that we, we first encountered when we started mining uh, at Tormund. So we're, we're very confident that we're going to see this high grade continue. We don't expect it to be as high as mm -hmm. the beach. Um, when we're talking about the northern beaches, we've, we've, the resource we've booked um, there is about 2.5 million tonnes at 23.5% at total heavy Crazy. mineral. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, you know, look, the, let's just wait and see what we can deliver when it comes to the inland strand. But obviously going off the drilling... Um, we're, we're super excited by what we've seen in, in the drilling. You know, we're seeing four metres at 61%, five metres at 62%. Uh, and, and down in the southern parts of our prospect, we, we saw, um, you know, right, right on the base of our, uh, of our, our boundary, we're still seeing, you know, 51 and 45% total heavy mineral along that strand line. So 
all really exciting stuff. Yeah. So uh, with that increased uh, confidence that's coming with the uh, resource base, there, will there be work to uh, consider expanding the operation over time? No. Yes. Yeah, look, indeed. Now that we've got, I guess, the, the security of tenure and um, the underwritten by, by um, JOR compliant resources, that allows us now to go and um, invest in the, uh, I guess, the, the processing infrastructure that makes, you know, makes the economics as, as, um, as lucrative as, as we can get them. Um, so what that will mean essentially is now we'll, we'll look at expanding our existing production profile. So right now we're producing at about circa 2.5 to 2.7 million tonnes from the current beaches. What we're going to do now is move our mining up to the northern beaches um, where just through the function of grade, we could see our concentrate production nearly double. So we're putting through now sort of circa 8% um, material uh, and we'll be mining now that 23% material that I spoke to earlier. But um, with the inland strands and, and now, I guess, a campaigned approach where we'll mine the, the, the beaches as well as the inland strand, we can also um, expand our, our, our processing rate. So we're targeting at the moment about um, to expand that, that run rate to as much as three and a half to four million tonnes mm -hmm. annually. And then on top of that also, we're also, um, uh, we've already commenced the engineering work and we intend to build um, an MSP, so a, a mineral separation plant where we could produce finished garnet and milmanite um, and value add the material. So I guess an important point to note is that at the moment we're only producing a concentrate yeah. from mm -hmm. Tormund. Um, but as part of this expansion now, we'll not only increase our production, but we'll also produce a, a finished material. And that'll allow us to, uh, to produce finished uh, garnet and, and ilmenite. Uh, the, the zircon and rutiles that we're producing, or the non-mags, we'll probably just continue to sell them as a concentrate, but we'll certainly seek to extract the, the extra value from our, from our uh, ilmenite and our, our, our garnet right. products. Uh, now, a lot of uh, operations in Africa have been hit by COVID recently. Um, How's the company gone and uh, coming out the other side yet? Yeah, look, um, testament to our to our people operating in South Africa. Um, they've done a fantastic job. Look, the the country went into a, a nationwide lockdown, um, and uh, and operations were uh, suspended or, um, or stopped as a result of that nationwide lockdown. Um, thankfully, we we. Um, sought and, and were granted uh, an exemption. So we've been operating um, at Tormen uh, about 18 days after the initial lockdown was put in place. Right. So we've, we've mm -hmm. managed to, to resume our operations at Tormen. We have had, our, you know, we have had issues. The, the, um, the port at Saldana has slowed down. Uh, there's been, I guess, a, um, a delays to the normal sort of shipping operations that we've seen to the ports from the ports in, in South Africa. But importantly, I think, and, and, and a, a major sort of, uh, I guess, hurdle that we had to get around it um, was the, uh, the impact of our sales into China. Mm. So when, when COVID sort of first uh, took hold of, of China, um, a lot of our Chinese-based customers um, encountered difficulties in, in first getting the material, and then they, had, they saw some structural um, issues from the logistics of moving the material around China, and then we saw some demand decay that occurred as a result of the, you know, the, the effects of COVID-19 right across the, the globe. So, look, we haven't got out of it um, unscathed. We've been, we've been lucky and thankfully, and I guess most importantly, all our people are safe and, and healthy. But, um, yeah, look, we haven't got, got out of it unscathed. We, we are seeing now the, the, uh, the Ilmenot concentrates that we sell 
demand for those starting to pick up and we're, we're hoping we'll be shipping our Ilmenite uh, as, as early as this month for the first time since um, since the, the end of last year. So uh, we're, we, we, we're feeling like we're weathered yep. the storm. It's great to hear. Okay, now if we could do the same for the project uh, in Norway, Scarland, uh, which I understand makes the company the biggest uh, producer of its type in Europe, let alone Norway. Uh, Norway, of course, is where the electric vehicle revolution has taken off like nowhere else before. So I guess there's a lot of uh, interest there in, the, in Europe itself around the supply of non-Chinese sourced uh, battery materials. Exactly right. Look, it, it, this is a super exciting project. Um, the, the acquisition of Scala only happened for the company in October last year, and it stems out of um, the, the investment that the company's made into, I guess, a developing graphite projects or a graphite project. So the, the, the journey into graphite started for the company back in about 2018 when they uh, acquired and started developing the Munglenup graphite project in Western Australia. And as a result of the investment into the graphite sector and understanding the graphite market, the company identified um, what is the world's highest grade graphite producer in the world. It's the, uh, the fourth largest graphite mine outside of China. It's the, it's the only and the largest graphite producer in Europe. And uh, they, they jumped on this asset in October last year. We, we closed out the acquisition. Um, and we see that a real exciting opportunity in developing Scarland and not, not only, I guess, optimising the existing um, mining operations and processing operations and looking at, at how we value add to the existing concentrate that we produce at Scarland, but more excitingly is how we look at um, creating and, and making and manufacturing an, an, a precursor, an active anode product from our material at Scarland and doing that in Norway and, and supplying into this, this hugely uh, exciting sort of um, market that, that is going to be the, the European electric vehicle market. Mm. Um, so that, that's, uh, I guess that's the real exciting. Uh, we've got huge things going on for us at Tormund and by the time we sort of see that growth plateau, then the next kicker is going to be uh, delivering on this anode strategy up in Norway. Mm. Don't we have as a... Well, relatively little company from uh, Perth uh, get under the guard of uh, the Europeans. I thought I would have thought automakers, other people in the supply chain over there, would have been all over Scarlet, but uh, you guys snuck in under undercover, was it? Yeah, look, I I think it sort of probably speaks to the the bit of the disconnect um, that that's going on that we're seeing. Like the Europeans are really really focusing in on on the battery manufacturing right. um, part of the the value chain. Um, and I don't know whether they look. They understand that there's going to be a huge demand for raw materials. But I, I look as far as mining. Um, it, it's I guess it's not uh, something that the Europeans are as investing in as heavily. Like they, if you you know if you look at the European, um, uh, if you look at Europe and you look at the automotive sector in Europe, it accounts for about seven percent of the European GDP, and it's, it employs about forty million people. Mm. So, and if you look at that, the, they're producing automotive, you know, motor cars at the moment in Europe uh, that are predominantly internal combustion engine. The big sort of move now towards electrification meant that they really needed to ring fence this industry and keep a lot of those jobs based in Europe. So they've really been focusing on the battery manufacturing aspects. Um, now you're starting to see that focus move towards the processing in Europe 
and then the raw materials. So I think for, for us here in Australia, where we're, we're so mining focused, mm. you know, we've been, I guess, in and around this thematic since about 2014. You know, we've been running around all over the world as Aussie explorers, putting our foot on um, mineral deposits and exploration assets and development assets that we know we're going to be able to, we can develop to serve this growing demand. Mm. Um, whereas I think they're probably working from the other end of the value chain back. Yeah. In Europe, so I think I think that's probably how we saw it because we we've been in in this space and looking at the uh, the battery metal sector for a, a period of time, we could identify the opportunity that was scaling and jump on it quickly. Whereas I think um, you know those if, if it was a if it was a, a, a fledgling battery manufacturer in Europe, well then we wouldn't have got to look in. But uh, certainly as a mine, um, you know we that's our thing. That's that's mm-hmm. the Aussie yeah. that's that's our Aussie expertise. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, um, Scarland, um, is there a, a value-add opportunity? I take it you produce it, it produces uh, concentrates at the moment. So is it a bit like uh, Torben? Is there a, with its MSB, is there some opportunity for uh, value-adding in uh, Norway? Yeah, 100%. So look, right now, um, the as you, as you rightly pointed out, Torman pretty much well supplies most of its material into the European market. Now, uh, sorry, excuse me, uh, Scarland's been operating since like the 1930s. So this is 1936, this, this mine has been producing graphite concentrate that's been servicing, you know, the traditional graphite space of refractories and refoundries. Um, so it's a very well understood product. It's very well um, accepted from, a, from a, I guess, from a distribution perspective. Uh, our opportunity now is to improve the product. So we, we can see some some wins in the... In the uh, in how we process the concentrate. So we're looking to improve the, the, the coarse <clears throat> flake um, production and also the, the total graphitic carbon um, grade that we're producing. Mm-hmm. And we can, we can do that by optimising the existing processing plant. But then, as you, as you speak to, importantly, we can also now take that concentrate, we can uh, micronize it, so we reduce the size of the flake, we can spherinize it, we're shaping the flake into a small ball, expanding the surface area, and then we can purify it and get it up to these battery grades and make it a precursor active anode material. Now, if we were to do that successfully, and we're very confident that we can, we're going to be the only producer of spherical graphite outside of China. So, we, which we feel is a you know the, the thematic that, that's emerging around mm. diversifying supply chains um, and localization, and then also doing that in a sustainable way, where, where we're going to be using 100% pumped energy, uh, pumped hydro energy, so green, clean, renewable energy in in the power that we invest into reducing and micronizing and spherinizing that that flake. All of that's going to be green. So, the green credentials of the project and the localization credentials of the project and the, just the, the sheer opportunity to diversify supply, uh, we feel are going to be really, really compelling attributes of this project going forward. Oh, I imagine the Norwegians love that story. Uh, we're talking about they, their, they, what is it, their, uh, their big investment fund over there won't invest in a lot of Aussie coal producers, but they must love this one. Well, they, they sold about $8 billion worth of um, hydrocarbon assets, I think, late last mm. year. Uh, and look, you, you when you're talking about adoption, there is no greater um, example of adoption in the world than Norway. Like in March last year, 62% of all new cars registered in that month were electric motor cars. Um, and that that is consistently the case. Over 50% of all of the cars that new cars that are rolling out uh, into Norwegian homes are electric cars. Mm. So, and that 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 
that that adoption has been driven by you know really forward thinking policy from the Norwegian government. So if you buy an electric car in Norway, you don't have to pay any sales tax, you don't have to pay any import tax, you don't have to pay any VAT, you don't have to pay registration. You can drive it in the bus lanes and you can park it for free. So it's cheaper to buy an electric car than what it is to buy an internal combustion engine vehicle. And that's why it's just so accepted. And that's why when we go up and we, we go to Norway and we talk about what we're, what we're trying to achieve up there is they just get it. They get it in a second. Mm. Um, they really understand that, and I think in a broader context, the you know the adoption and the narrative coming out of you know groups like the European Union through the formation of entities like the European Battery Alliance, they're really driving this messaging that you know the decarbonisation of the transport sector and transportation mm-hmm. is something that's going to happen sooner rather than later, and and there's a lot of capital that's being invested into. So, you know, we we find uh, a lot of people very interested in to hear about our strategy and what we're what we're looking to do up in Scala. Okay. Now, uh, for something a bit closer to home, Mungling Up in WA, Advanced Graphic Project, uh, where's that at, and uh, what's the plans to advance that in time? So, look, Mungling Up's where our graphite journey started. Um, it's uh, it's near and dear to our hearts. So, uh, Mungling Up uh, is. Now a shovel-ready project. We completed our DFS at Munglin Up in January of this year. Uh, we, we posted some, some robust economics on that project as a concentrate-only project. So we've, I guess we've got it to a point now where we can build the mine and have a level of confidence about it economically and technically. It's been de-risked that we can put this into production. Um, we see it as a, in a strategic uh, location. Again, looking at this sort of ex-China thematic and the, the huge concentration of, of uh, graphite production that comes out of China, whether we're talking about down, downstream products or the traditional graphite markets. Mm. Um, Munglin Up sits in a wonderful spot. We're very close to the, the huge, big battery manufacturing countries of Korea and Japan, uh, and we could produce a concentrate and ship it up into those markets um, uh, and very competitively. But what we see now and, and where we, I guess, see the opportunity with, with the acquisition of Scarland. Um, so I guess before I talk about Scarland, just the fundamentals of the project are great. It's, uh, you know, about 8 million tonnes at 12.2% total graphitic carbon. It's got a, a, a relatively um, a high uh, PSD. The coarse flakes about between 43 and 48% of the concentrate that we produce. Uh, and we can get that con sort of um, coming out of the plant at between 96 and 97%. Uh, it's it's located in a great great mining jurisdiction. It's about 105 k's from Esperance. Uh, but importantly, when we look at the way this material purifies, it, it makes a very 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 high purity graphite. Um, and Munglin Up was was where we started our investment in the downstream space. So as I spoke to earlier, we, with with graphite we need to purify it. So we've got to get 99.95 percent graphitic carbon. Um, before it's recognised as battery grain. Mm. Now, to do that, you need to um, use chemical agents to eradicate all of the impurities. And depending on the, I guess, the, the, the construct of the flake and the existing impurities that you need to, to get out, um, all, this, all of, I guess, affects the economics of, of how you produce a battery grade material. So Munglin Up's importantly, very, very, very good material to purify. And with Munglin Up, we started our, our journey into downstream. Um, we've now got a CRCP with the, uh, with the CSIRO right. and with Doral Fused Alumina, where, we, where, we, where we're investing in technology to purify 
Um, first of all, the Mungunup uh, concentrate, but now we're taking that same technology up to Scarlin, where we're purifying our Scarlin concentrate. But importantly, what we're doing with this purification technique, and this is this is our own IP, this is this is stuff we're developing in partnership with CSIRO, uh, is we're going to use a non-hydrofluoric process to um, to purify. So right now, pretty much well, all of the, the graphite that comes out of um, or that goes into the market is purified by using hydrofluoric processes, which is a really yeah, ugly and highly toxic yeah. and quite, a, quite an environmentally damaging um, process. So we're looking at um, purifying using a, a, a non-HF technique and we're quite advanced in that. We've got two processes that we're taking through to piloting um, and we're looking to do that later this year. So not only will we be using um, lean green uh, power up in Norway, but we'll also be using an environmentally friendly solution, uh, an innovative environmentally friendly solution to purify the graphite as well. And that all stems from, from Mungunup uh, and the work we started at Mungunup. So Mungunup we see now probably as being... Uh, if we can get up to Norway and establish that anode production and establish the brand that's qualified mm. and accepted by the automotive sector, uh, then we would probably end up looking at just producing a concentrate here in, here in Western Australia and shipping that straight up into the European market. But there's also um, opportunities that we could ship um, a, a, a spheronized um, or purified product that we're doing, we, we could do in Kwinana and ship that into the Japanese or the or the, uh, the Korean market. So we've got lots and lots of high hopes for, for Mungunup, but at the moment, it's, it's I guess, we're, we're, we're getting that ready to go. It's shovel ready. We've got a few final environmental permits that we need to, uh, to tick the boxes with, with and then um, we're away. We can turn that on whenever we need to, but, but the, the focus now is to look at how we build that value-adding part of our business so we can sort of capture the absolute maximum value from the, the concentrate that we'll be producing at Mungunup. Right. Okay, you've given us a, a great rundown there. So um, from recovery and growth in uh, mineral sands and then the, the push into uh, graphite and the, the world of uh, battery materials. So with that, I'm going to say thanks for your time today, Peter, and uh, best of luck with it all. Good on you, Barry. Really appreciate your time and thanks so much. Much appreciated.